this week before rachel and i sits a freshly brewed pot of vanilla chai tea as we sit down to discuss the final season of the tudors and what are you drinking today gentle listeners that sounds wonderful now rachel i think we've all been eagerly awaiting the final installment of this podcast not apologies apologies listeners our cats are at war just like henry was at war with france should i leave that in (laughs) henry being at war with france is probably the only thing that happened in this season that was true (laughs) he fought france (laughs) he really did he really captured bologna he did also marry his final he did marry his his final wife and also catherine howard in this season this season we begin with uh the relationship between henry and catherine howard and i really you know bouncing off of what we said last week i really appreciate uh that they cast uh they cast a 22 year old actress but she looked very much every bit of a 16 year old girl which howard was when she met henry um and she was about 17 when they got married now we're not sure about how old she was because we don't really have a birth certificate um but several historical accounts say that she was 17 when they got married Um, I'm going to reiterate once more that that's not normal, and what I really liked about this season is that Henry's contemporaries in the show very much uh, echo that sentiment. They give him sidelong looks. Of course, they don't want to say anything because the king has now, you know, if if we can, if we may bring up our two favorite Thomases, for a fourth and final time, <laughs> he did sort of behead both of them um, for being dissent, dissenting voices in his in his court. So perhaps uh, everybody just sort of kept their mouth shut about the whole Catherine looking like a literal child thing. Um, another thing of note, because in this season they cover the tem not tempestuous, what's the word I'm looking for? Tumultuous relationship between Catherine Howard and Mary Tudor. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mary Tudor was 10 years older than Catherine Howard. That would have been bananas. It does tend to make things awkward. Yeah. I wrote that in my notes. (laughs) Mary Tudor is 10 years older than Catherine, by the way. I remember that. That's a very short-lived uh, plot arc in the show, though. Catherine's around for a lot longer than I thought she would be. This is We're back up to ten episodes this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine is around for about six of them. Which I thought was a lot longer. I don't remember it being that long. I really forgot about it. She takes a backseat to France, right? No. Catherine Parr takes a backseat to France. That's only four episodes? Um, well, he's in... 
Yeah, it's only like four and a half episodes. I mean, she's dead by the end of episode five, but in episode six, they're still like talking about her and he hasn't really met Catherine Parr yet. We meet Catherine Parr, but he doesn't meet her until the end of that episode. So like, I, I those are like the limbo episodes. In between each wife is the limbo episode. So what we know of Catherine Howard is like the popular notion of Catherine Howard is that she's the one who she was very young, she was very mm -hmm. frivolous, and then she ended up having an affair with Thomas Culpepper. Now, whether or not that was true is very interesting. A lot of people thought so. That's the reason that she was beheaded, all of this. So I don't fault the show for any of that. But there are theories that because no one had any concrete evidence that they were sleeping together other than some letters where they refer to each other as dearest and like missing each other's company in those letters it is also stated but they say things like when we meet again i will have the information promised to you mm. and things like that which i think is fascinating that like there's also a theory that they were conspiring politically against the king that would have been so freaking cool to see like they might have also been lovers but like the idea that they were also conspiring politically is fascinating to me, and I understand it's not the Tudor's brand to do a plot like that. Mm -hmm. They definitely always want to go with like the sexy thing. But since they're making things up anyway, <laughs> they might as well go for it. This this relationship between Catherine and Culpepper is not the most egregious thing that was made up in this season for me. So, in season four. Henry goes to the North to personally pardon the insurrectionists in the North. And I said in my head, that doesn't sound like something Henry would do. So I look it up. He did not. Right, so <laughs> but it, it didn't happen. It was not something Henry would do. But this led me down the rabbit hole, Rachel. Okay. May I share my findings? With yes. You? So in the show, the person who convinces him to go to the North and pardon the people is Henry Cavill's character. Yes. Who, you remember, I kept calling him, I was, I was like, Charles Darcy? Henry Darcy? What's his name? Yes. I could never remember his name. And that's because his name is remarkably inconsistent in the show. Why? Because he's two real-life people smashed together. Mm. <laughs> he's Thomas Darcy and Charles Brandon. And he's credited as Charles Brandon on IMDb. But he's referred to as Charles Darcy throughout most of the show. Mm. Thomas Darcy. Yes went up to the north, this is true, and murdered 216 insurrectionists, as you'll right. recall, which happened in the beginning of season three. Yes. Henry executed him for that. Mm. Then he had a second wife, where he was also a second wife. <laughs> but then, in the show, he just, like, I guess, reincarnated him. <laughs> because they had these two characters smashed together anyway, I'm guessing, but they didn't want to give him up because he's Henry Cavill and he's hot. And they're about to give him a sexy French mistress that they made up. Because Henry's not going to fuck Catherine Parr. He's too disgusting at this point. And he's not yes. fucking Catherine Howard anymore. Because she's dead. So yes. we have somebody has to have sex for the last four episodes of this show. Obviously. And it's got to be Henry Cavill. Right. He's I mean, he's wife. sexier than <laughs> yeah. um, Jonathan Reese Myers anyway. So they give him a fake uh, mistress. And they make him a fake general. Um, which Charles Brandon did not do. Uh... Charles Brandon had four wives over the course of his, his life, one of which was Henry's sister, which we saw in the first season of the show, even though that whole going to Portugal and murdering the king thing was made up. Right? Mm. 
Um, but she died of the sweating sickness. Like, I think she did in the show. Like, a lot of people did. Um, and then his wife, who they then made this, like, cheating on storyline, she also died, and so did their two sons. But I guess that's not dramatic enough. Mm. So, so instead of murdering your only other hot character on the show, because I guess Cromwell and Moore aren't sexy enough, I guess. I don't know. Well, Cromwell's dead. Oh, I see it was a joke. <laughs> I was picturing them side by side, and I was trying to assess before I thought about the. Okay. We can't kill our only remaining hot actor, so we have to make him into somebody new and not kill him. And also, uh, but if he doesn't. What are we going to do about the North, then? I guess he has to pardon them. Because the show is also working freaking fucking double time. It is working triple time to try to make Henry less of a villain. This is Henry... Season 4 is Henry VIII's redemption arc, and it is one of the most overreaching, heinous things I've seen on television. Just... but not... not when he's sleeping with a 16-year-old and kills her. Yes! During that portion of the season, he, in episode three, he goes out to all of the, like, sick and poor, and he's, like, about to turn on them and, like, not go by them, but they're like, your majesty, your majesty, and he goes back and he gives them all money. And he's like, God be with you, and he, God be with you, and he touches all of their foreheads, and he's like, you are healed. As God is my savior, you're healed. And he, like, gives them all, like, gold pieces. This is the beginning of his redemption arc, because immediately after that, he gets on his horse, like, immediately, touches the guy's forehead, gets on a horse, rides to the north. Mm. This is within a scene, what I mean immediately. He pardons all of those people. Um, he hears that his son is sick, and he rushes back to England, or to London in this case. Um, Edward? Yeah, he mm. hears Edward's sick, and he's got a fever, but the moment the king shows up, he's fine. But yeah, so... Here's why combining er, Brandon and Darcy is a problem. Brandon and Darcy were on two different sides of every argument that was ever had in front of Henry. Charles Brandon never did anything interesting in his entire career politically. The most, the only thing that he did to endear himself to the king is marry his sister. And then he just didn't make another political decision for the next 40 years. <laughs> mm. um, but then he lived, didn't he? But he did live. So obviously that was the right call on his part. Oh, the reason that Darcy was murder was uh, executed, by the way, is because he lied to the king about murdering those 216 civilians mm. up in the north. Then he was executed. Brandon married Mary Tudor. She was his third wife. Oh, and the woman he married on the show was 14 at the time that they got married. In real life or in... In real life. Mm. Not the actress. Mm. Like, <laughs> historically. <laughs> and I said, so what the what is his purpose in season four? Apparently it's to see ghosts. So here's where we get to the ghosts. <laughs> I remember I was at my parents' house when I was watching this. And I do you remember that I texted you, apparently there are fucking ghosts now. What's the fucking point? <laughs> It's because Charles Brandon sees a ghost, and it later becomes clear, because the way that they shot the ghost and the way that everything happens with the ghost, cinematically, 
the ghost is actually a syphilis hallucination because Henry then has like six syphilis hallucinations yes. in the last episode. I recall. He has six syphilis hallucinations at the end of the show of each of his wives and his daughters and it's like a guilt tripping thing but it's actually just more of his redemption arc. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> showrunners, if this was the case, why did the syphilis hallucination insist that it was a ghost? Mm. Twice. In one conversation, he sits down and he's like, Father, I haven't seen you in so long. You're supposed to be dead. And he's like, and he says, I am dead. I have come to you from beyond. And he's like, what? And his father's like, you cannot touch me because I am not truly here. I am made of air. I don't remember this part at all. I remember the, the end. How can you not remember this? <laughs> the only thing I remember from the entirety of season four is the whole thing about the soldiers. Exploding? It. Yes. How many episodes was that? It was at least two. Two, yeah. That was his war with France. That was him claiming Bologna. Yeah, that was terrible. He was really awful to those people. I just remember that there was the whole thing where he just like adamantly denied this disease despite the fact that it was there, killing a bunch of people and then he proceeded to kill even more people when he just like, blew up those tunnels that they worked so hard to make. And they were still there and then they all died and I was like, what is the point? And for two episodes of The Tudors it became a drastically different show about war than not what at all remotely what it had been. And that's why I remember those so well because for two episodes you were watching a different show. It was then like a war documentary, and I was like, uh, what? And it was terrible. And anyway, I guess that's also why, the, at least as far as I remember, and it might just be because I hate Henry, that framed him super badly to me. Yes. That's what's so interesting about this, like, redemption arc that they're trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, so, I mean, the reason that those things happened is because they happened. Mm. And so... We've got to, I guess, work double time by sending him up to the north and pardoning all these people and then being sad and sickly. Um, and I guess we have to do all of that and give him syphilis hallucinations. And so I don't know why they would, you know, make that such a, like, random thing, especially when you're already speeding through 20 years. Yeah, I didn't know why they paused and took two episodes to detail out this battle when they had to have cut content of his wives for this i just thought those two episodes were very odd uh so this is episode six okay. episode six and seven that this happens okay. and in this episode uh they do another thing that just baffles me they introduce two characters by name mm -hmm. first and last they say yes. their names twice in the first episode that they meet they i couldn't find a single thing on them so i'm guessing they're made up um Harry Hurst and Richard Leland. Yeah. One of which gets blown up. Yeah. That's really sad. What's the point? Because you you become emotionally attached to them, and then one of them gets blown up. Except they're introducing them by name, and I've never heard of them before, and this is a period drama, so I know that they're gonna die. <laughs> I'm not really attached to them. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rachel. And I don't I don't I don't I don't know what the point was because I watched that and I was like, wow, this poor guy. And his best friend. Um, 
That's why I say it becomes a different show because for two episodes you have these two guys are like the main characters. Yeah, it's not about Henry. <laughs> it's about those two guys and it's about um, Brigitte and her dad. Mm -hmm. She's the the mistress of Charles Darcy. And it becomes about them falling in love, which is barely a love story as it is. They fall in love so quickly. Um, and he's like, come back with me. And I just had a very, very small thing about that, but I'll save it for later. Um, I want to loop back around to, uh, to Catherine real quick. Okay. So Catherine Howard has a friend named Joan who knows about a previous affair. And she, Joan says it to Catherine? Joan then says it to their head lady-in-waiting. And the head lady-in-waiting then says it to Thomas Culpepper, who she is also sleeping with. Mm -hmm. By it, I mean when referring to Catherine's previous affair, they refer to it as, they say, they would hang by their bellies like two sparrows. Mm. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> What does that- where are they hanging by their bellies from? What does that look like? Is that a sexual position that I don't know? Is my marriage really that boring? <laughs> like, that I don't know what hanging like Can a sparrow is? I, I can't find anything! I, I'll look it up again right now. It auto-completed. Answers.yahoo.com What does hanging by their sparrows- hanging by their bellies like sparrows mean in relation to Francis, Francis Derham and Catherine Howard? Sparrows have been regarded as the hottest and most lecherous birds since ancient times. Anyone who has seen sparrows coupling knows that the frantic vibration of the male as he mounts his partner provides a powerful illustration of the power of the sex drive. Okay. Poets can... have not missed the point. Yahoo answer user Michael B. Apparently it's a conflation of two ideas. The idea that the Michael sparrow B. is hot and... He's just saying. He just got on Yahoo answers. He just said it. Yeah, there's no... There's no... It says it was reported. I've seen it reported, so I'm guessing that this is something that... Was actually said? Was actually said about them, probably spoken to the courts, and that's why they kept saying this exact phrase over and over and over again. But I'm like, the image was so baffling to me that I couldn't figure it out. It's, um... What's, uh... What's, like, mixing metaphors? Well, I guess they are mixing metaphors, <laughs> but... <laughs> I suppose they're mixing metaphors in this way, but, like, I don't know what the purpose was, other than to make me extremely confused. Yeah, it auto-completed, so I know I looked it up. I guess I just didn't write it down when I did. And so there's another moment between Thomas Culpepper and his his boys. He's out with the boys. This is before he sleeps with Catherine Howard. And he rapes a village woman and kills her husband when her <laughs> husband confronts her. And I asked myself, I wrote it down, why is it important to show Culpepper raping this farm girl and killing her husband? Like, what is it going to tell us about his personality? Um, edit. It was not. It came back in no meaningful way. Yeah, I remember that. Is, are they trying to villainize Catherine? Are they trying, because like, what they could have done with this is then implied that Catherine was innocent that because Thomas Culpepper was assaulting her. Mm. That's how this could have been to come into play. Um, they could have shown him manipulating this village girl into having sex with him rather than forcefully, brutally raping her to show that he's manipulative with women and he has a silver tongue. 
But they didn't do either of those things. They just showed that he was brutal, but then killed him off in a brutal way. Like, it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything to his character. It came back in no meaningful way, um, or any way at all. During this marriage to Catherine, Anne of Cleves comes back, and she has New Year's and Christmas with them. Catherine gives her a puppy. It's all very sweet. Like, they, they, they get along. She gives Catherine a horse. Um, and then Henry sleeps with Anne of Cleves after she asks if she can have their wedding ring, like her wedding ring, broken into pieces to symbolize the end of their relationship. And I thought that was really beautiful, except for the fact that they then slept together. And I'm like, that didn't fucking happen. Um, <laughs> no amount of convincing will ever... <laughs> no, <laughs> it didn't happen. There's no historical backing for that. I guess watching Henry and Catherine fuck three times an episode wasn't good enough. <laughs> and we had to mix it up with Joss Stone, who was arguably much more beautiful than Catherine. But then we, so we come to Catherine Howard's death, where she says, the, she says this one line that absolutely slaps. They ask her if she wants to, like, confess before mm -hmm. she gets beheaded. And she says, I've spoken to God so rarely, I doubt he would know who I was. Oof. And I was like, <laughs> um, And then, Catherine's last words mm. in the show. Do you remember them? No. No, I don't even remember this part of the show. I got so caught up in two backstory soldier guys in the two episodes. That's a whole episode out. later, Rachel. I just blocked out the rest <laughs> of what had happened. Her last words, and this is true, these are not true. I'll, I'll come back to it. It's been reported that these are her last words. I die a queen, but I had rather died the wife of Culpepper. Hmm. These come from the Spanish Chronicle, which was an anonymous writing mm -hmm. at the time. Um, the author of, who oh, I don't have the name here for some reason, um, but the author of a book called The Rise and Fall of Thomas Cromwell said um, that the writer of the Spanish Chronicle is, quote, far too cavalier with facts and dates and details to be a credible witness. The words he attributes to the queen have to be viewed with great skepticism. Mm. Like, that's a good line. And then another author of the Anne Boleyn website, like the official Anne Boleyn website, agrees, saying, she did not utter those words. Wow. But I wish she had. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, again, this goes back to what we are talking about Thomas Cromwell's death, right? It's that, like, we hear it somewhere, so it's fine to put it in there. Mm. But Catherine has done so much groveling over the last episode and a half that it does not make sense that she would say those things. You have put it into her character that she would not say those things. You've already made egregious statements about how you don't want to be a historically accurate show, <laughs> both textually and metatextually, mm -hmm. and in interviews. <laughs> so mm -hmm. why fucking bother at this point? <laughs> Whatever, I guess. Um... So then we get to Catherine Parr, and it's just sort of this, like, oh, they're just, like, really good friends, and he just kind of wants to marry her to make sure his kids have somebody, and that's fine. The rest of the show, after Catherine Howard's death, is just, like, fine. That's true. It's My such a slog. Professor, when I took the Tudors, uh, Tudor Stuart England, he said that Henry married Catherine Parr not because he liked her or even thought he, she was attractive, just because he wanted somebody to take care of him and his children. And she was very, like, matronly. And that's what I've heard, too. I also heard, um, 
or I also read while I was working on this that um, the idea that she acted exclusively as his nursemaid is egregious. That that's like really insulting mm. um, and that she wouldn't have been his nursemaid. Um, but being a mother figure to the children, I believe, is a reason. And so I don't remember. She doesn't really want to marry him, though. No, she has another lover mm-hmm. uh, who she does go on to marry. So I believe that. I believe that they were involved. In real life? In real life, yeah. Okay. She went Good on to her. marry him. Fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, oh, that's the other thing. So season four has so many, like, weird tangent plots <laughs> that don't belong in the show at all. So we have the guy who... Oh, what is his name? I have it written down, surely. So we have the Seymour brothers. James mm-hmm. Seymour's brothers. And Edward Seymour is married to some woman and she seduces thomas seymour his brother and then she gets pregnant and she names it thomas that is the extent of that plot by the way (laughs) it takes five episodes cool takes up five episodes of my fucking time um this woman edward seymour's wife is also messing around with henry howard the earl of surrey Mm -hmm. and he is distantly related to catherine howard Mm-hmm. Um, he was very young and he was executed but they really I guess they just really wanted to hire this actor because he's like in his 40s mm-hmm. She, he was her cousin and he ended up and they changed it to him being her uncle because he was so much older mm-hmm. um, which I respect he's a great actor uh, but also I don't understand why it needed to be him oh and he's also Anne Boleyn's cousin yeah, he was 30 when he died. Well, he was like a gambler and he started a lot of fights and that was a big issue. And he ended up joining um, a gentleman's club that frowned upon him. Yeah, he was beheaded on a charge of treasonably quartering the royal arms. He stole something from the king, supposedly. Um, but yeah, he, he like got into fights while wearing the crest and that was very much frowned upon. He was just like a devilish little boy. Mm-hmm. And, but they made him like 40 or 50 in the show and he tries to sleep with Edward Seymour's wife mm-hmm. she denies him but then seduces Thomas mm-hmm. and has his baby and all of this means nothing none of this comes back in any way I don't know if it's just to like make Henry Howard a little bit more relevant to the plot so that when we kill him, it means more. But it did not work. Whatever they were trying to do, it did not work. Um, that was the other like random plot that came out of nowhere and didn't stick around for very long. So where does that leave? That leaves us with... How did it end? Let's talk about the ending, shall we? Can we talk about the ending? Yeah, I remember it's mostly a dream sequence. Right? It's mostly a syphilitic nightmare. Right. Um, so, episode six and seven, that's him at Bologna. Episode eight, he's back wooing Catherine Parr. Or he's already married to her when he leaves. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> it was a whirlwind. Episode nine, he is immediately 40 years older. He's an old man makeup. Yes. He's doing this voice. <laughs> He's like, so in season four, to make him seem older, John Rhys Myers went from going like, yes, Henry Cavill, what a great idea, to, 
Yes, Henry Cavill, what a great idea. <laughs> he just lowers his voice. I'm like, <clears throat> yes, Henry Cavill, what a great idea. And then in the, in the last episode, he goes, yes, Henry Cavill, <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> and he's suddenly chewing on all his words and he's doing this terrible old man accent. And he has this terrible old man makeup. And they just made his hair look kind of white. And they've made his hair almost completely white <laughs> and slicked back like my grandpa used to when he had hair and was alive. <laughs> like he's got a comb over. <laughs> and he's got liver spots. And I, I'm i not laughing at people looking old. Rachel, they very conveniently put a character in here named Anna Skew. And she dies. And she was a real person. Okay. So I was able to look up the day that she died, right? Mm -hmm. And I was also able to look up the day that the Battle of Bologna ended. <laughs> Would you like to know how much time is between those two events? Yes. That they aged him up 40 years? Let me guess. Let me, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> Seven years. How much is it? Bologna is taken in September of 1544. Mm-hmm. Anaskew died in July of 1546. <laughs> it's less than a year and a half. <laughs> it's been a really hard year and a half. <laughs> it's just rolling Bologna just does that to you. <laughs> well, what did it cost you? <laughs> 40 years. <laughs> 40 years of my life. <laughs> so he talks. He talks like old Sean Connery all of a sudden. <laughs> it's been a year. <laughs> it's been a year. None of his children have aged. You come visit all of his children have seen. He's like, it's been forever. And you're like, it's been one year, Henry. <laughs> it's been one year. You're such a drama queen. <laughs> so... It's so bad, and it looks bad, and it sounds bad, and it just is bad in general. Um, personally, I am very against giving Henry a redemption arc, or even implying that he cared about the women in his life. Mm. And that is what these syphilitic nightmares that you're talking about are very much doing. He has one syphilis hallucination per dead wife. I don't know. I would buy that he is the kind of person that thinks that he cared very deeply and was good and empathetic towards them and they miss him in the afterlife, etc, etc. They don't miss him. They're mad. They are demons. This is suddenly the 10th episode of The Tudors, season 4, is the ghosts of Christmas past. All of a sudden. It's he's like Ebenezer Scrooge and in the middle of the night he's wandering the halls and Catherine of Aragon, Aragon pops out and she's like, you did this to me, Henry, and... I'll, I was always your wife. I'm your only wife. And you'll always be my husband, even in death. And then she, like, walks away. And I'm like, why are we villainizing his wives all of a sudden? All of them come... Anne Boleyn? Anne Boleyn comes in, and she's got Elizabeth with her, which um, Elizabeth is wearing no chemise, again, just the shirt, like, just the dress, no chemise under it. So it's just, like, spaghetti strap Elizabethan dress on bare skin with a ruff out to here, out to her chin, and the pasty white makeup that Elizabeth I is famous for wearing mm -hmm. later in her life. 
keyword later in her life. He's actually seeing the future, is what he's doing. He is. Um, now I said, her wearing that in the hallucination was not supposed to be funny, but it absolutely was. It looked ridiculous. Um, she doesn't say a word, and Anne Boleyn is like, you killed me, and I could have been everything to you, or something like that. And he's like, well, you cheated on me, and she's like, no, I didn't! And then she just, like, disappears. Um, so each wife, because each wife has something ominous to say, even Jane... <laughs> Jane, what would Jane say that's ominous? Hey, we had a great life together? Like, for the two, three years that we were married? I gave you a baby and then I died? So instead, Jane has ominous predictions of the future. She's the ghost of Christmas future. And she's like, he's like, Jane, now I've missed you. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I've missed you too, Henry. She's like, I see you won that battle, huh? Everything. I miss you every day. And I see that our son is good, and I love you. But our son will die young, and his sisters will take over and kill people. Like, she, <laughs> she does, like, the voice and everything, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, I say to all of her wives, Catherine Howard, no vision. <laughs> no vision. Um, I was going to make a comment about how he gets, like, how the because you talk about the show being like Jane is his ultimate love or whatever, and then in the show he's like, I want to be buried next to my beautiful wife Jane, the only woman who ever loved me, who I ever loved. And I was like, bullshit. And I looked it up. He's buried next to her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh well. Um, but this uh, this was really the cherry on the fucking <laughs> shit Sunday, Rachel. His last syphilitic vision, rather than being of Catherine Howard, is of a a skeleton riding a horse in a suit of armor oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with a sword. Yes. And it's like chasing him down the thing and he's like <gasps> and he's all young again, because I guess they didn't want to put him in the makeup that day. And he's like running away and it chases him and just as like the sword falls, he wakes up. And I'm like, damn it. Oh, it autocorrected to Montague. I was wondering what that meant. If I see one more Montague in a series finale, I will scream. Um, montage. I was gonna say, wow, I didn't know you were a cat. I really talk about Montagues a lot more than montages, I guess, <laughs> that my phone's like, you aren't talking about Shakespeare? What are you doing? Um, yeah, so I, I've watched several series finales in the last few weeks what with Supernatural and finishing a lot of shows with you guys, finishing a lot of shows by myself. And in almost every single one, there's a montage Yeah, that's just old clips. Yeah. Really got to pad out that runtime, I guess, <laughs> for that series. I guess the syphilitic nightmares weren't enough. Um, this one was long. Yeah. Would you like to know how long it was, Rachel? Yes. It was eight minutes long. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I fast forwarded it. It was no. I genuinely think I fast forwarded through this. Two full minutes per season. It was insane. No, I definitely some, skipped this. Some of things that had happened less than an episode ago. No, I skipped this part. Okay. Um, I was like, let's get on with it. And then he like gets his portrait painted, or he's been getting his portrait painted, and the portrait painter he yells at him because it's it doesn't look good. Because well, it looks like he actually looks. And he's like, paint me younger. Uh, and the guy's like, okay, I painted you younger. And he comes in and it's like the painting of Henry VIII, the one that we all see. Um, so it looks nothing like the actor? <laughs> no, it, it looks like him, but it's in the pose and the oh, costuming okay. of, of the traditional painting that we always <laughs> That's see. That's funny when it would be, they just brought it back painting. And he was like, it's a mirror. 
<laughs> Employing that he was just hallucinating this actor over him the whole time. Thinking he was as hot as Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out he actually, and it, and it like cuts the port, it cuts back, he looks like that. He does look like that the whole time. <laughs> it, um, and then he's like, very good. And he walks away and it lingers on the portrait. And then it's like, Henry VIII died in eight September of whatever. And I was like, motherfucker, we don't even get to see him die? Yeah, I want to I want to cho- I want to watch him choke out his last words. Yeah, I want to watch him be like, <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? And then we get two full minutes right. of reading about the next 60 years of time. Because <laughs> it not only, it's like Mary was queen for this long after Edward died in this year, and then Elizabeth was queen for this long, and she did all of these things, and it lists everything that Elizabeth did over, not like everything, but like the five most important things that she did over her rule. And then it's like, Elizabeth's rule was called the golden age. And I'm like, are you sequel baiting me? Are you trying to get me to watch like a Showtime original The Tudors The Golden Age show about Elizabeth I? Is that what you're doing right now? Because it did not get funded and I'm glad. (laughs) Christ. Christ almighty. What a disaster of a last episode. It was just like every hokey convention that you could possibly put into a last episode they put in there. And it just, it pissed me off not just as a historian but as a filmmaker. And that was, it's really hard to get me on both. As a person. It pissed me off as a person. You're gonna make me sit as here and read? Read about the next 60 years of time? That's more time than the entire show covers. That's true. And you smashed it into two minutes of fucking reading. I just wanted to see him die. But he did die, and that's what's important. He did die, and that's important, but he didn't die on screen. He suffered, and that's what's important. Could have suffered more. He could have suffered more. That's how I would have improved the show. So I intended to put this at the beginning of the episode, um, mm-hmm. and I would like to do this at the beginning of future episodes as well, is uh, petty grievances. Okay. These are things that do not matter to the show at all. Like Henry's old man voice, that would have been a petty <laughs> grievance. <laughs> Just things that I watched them do and thought was stupid. In the next scene that Elizabeth is in after Catherine Howard dies, her hair is crimped. Mm. Are you aware of what crimping is? Isn't that what's like this? Yeah, but like little, it's like little zigzags. Yeah. yeah. Very wildly popular in the early 90s. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All of these can only be ended with anyway. Remember that time Henry wore his sleeveless? He put uh, the sleeves he, on his... He wore... Okay, doublets are... Tra- so this is, <laughs> this is how the conversation went for you guys between me and Rachel. Rachel said... What's that thing called that goes over their shirt? And I said a doublet. And she said, he wears a sleeveless doublet in the show. And I said, all doublets are sleeveless. And she said, yes, but he wears it without a shirt underneath. And I said, okay, now that's <laughs> stupid. He doesn't put the sleeves. It has sleeves, though. It you, it can be worn with sleeves. You can lace on the sleeves. He, the the, point it's, was, like, it's like uh, those tearaway pants. And you see his bare <laughs> arms like he's a frat boy. <laughs> and he goes and like, sits on the throne. And I was like, I don't think anybody in the past wore it like that ever. <laughs> Absolutely no, not. I'm not Rachel. a historical costumer. But that just doesn't seem like the right silhouette. No. No, it looked fucking stupid. I didn't see anybody in full historical costume and then they're just bare arms or they're just flexing. I don't remember seeing a portrait like that. How did I compare it? 
I don't remember how I could That's my petty grievance. It would be like wearing, in the modern day, it would be like wearing a vest without, like a sweater vest without anything under it. It there looks has stupid. never been a costuming choice that has taken me so out of the time period as that moment in the Tudors, and I watched all of Rain. <laughs> you like Rain. <laughs> That's the difference. Um, I think my biggest costuming qualm in this entire show is the fact that Mary Tudor comes in, in season three, she comes in to have a conversation with Anne of Cleves, and she is wearing a circa 1880s walking dress with full bonnet. She's fully wearing clothes that are 350 <laughs> years in the future. And it's like red velvet. It's not even like barely noticeable. Like it's super noticeable that she's wearing it. And it was like, did you get, did you run out of time? Did you get a costume from the wrong supplier like what happened why is it so egregiously out of place <laughs> just so intensely out of place um henry's relationship with elizabeth was not as good as the show portrayed it oh okay brigitte brigitte's the the mistress right mm -hmm. in one of the episodes henry cavill gives her a dress and she holds it up to the mirror and she's holding it like she's wearing it right and this is something that only I would notice. Mm -hmm. Only I and people like me would notice. Um, because usually if you're working in the theater, the 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 top part and the, the middle part of the top and the skirt part are all one piece because it's easier to take off and on. Mm -hmm. um, and if you get a costume from a store, that's how it's done as well. Uh, this is three separate pieces. Mm. A bodice, a skirt, and a stomacher are three separate pieces, and they're all sewn together, and she's holding it up like it's one dress, and it... <sighs> I understand this is so fucking niche and no one cares. <laughs> it's just so funny to me, specifically because the chemise she's wearing during that, the, like, nightgown that she's wearing, the way that it's tied together, all of the embellishments on it, is the most accurate garment I've seen in the entire <laughs> show so far. And she's holding up over it just a sewn-together piece of theater material. It's the old Ant Man accent for me. Um, <laughs> I thought Anna Skew was really interesting. I'd like her to have her own movie. If there's a movie about Anna Skew, please tweet us or... Mm -hmm. Like, email me, and I'd love to watch it. And those are all my petty grievances with the show. It's mostly that shimmy's. <laughs> shimmy's really got me. Because she, she's holding it up. That's how the scene starts. She's holding it up. This three-piece. It'd be like if a three-piece suit was all sewn together, and you were holding it up by one shoulder, making it very obvious that it was all held sewn together. And she's like, oh, what a beautiful dress. Henry Cavill, thank you. And then she puts it down and I'm like, damn, that chemise looks good. So that was the Tudors. Don't watch it. It's finally over. You don't need to watch it. Nobody's making you do it. You don't have to. That's why you listen to this podcast.
so that you didn't have to do anything don't involving watch the tutors. tutors. Don't watch the tutors. Don't even think about watching the tutors. It's not even on Netflix. You're not gonna oh, seek yeah. out the tutors. That was the other thing. The You're mo- not gonna seek out the tutors if it's all on Netflix. You're not gonna don't get a Showtime it. subscription. Don't watch it. Even though I have a Showtime subscription, I was watching this on Netflix, and I think that was the most painful part of the whole experience was that it was expiring on January seventh, and I finished it on January seventh. There's nothing good on Showtime. This is the There's best they have. Don't watch it. <laughs> I would say Penny Dreadful is probably you don't better need than this. A Showtime saying subscription. Something. Penny Dreadful's on Netflix. Yeah, it is. Don't watch so it. So is the L word. So don't is subscribe Queer as Folk. To Showtime. Or is Queer as Folk on HBO? Don't watch it. Don't do it. Just save yourself the trouble. This has been an hour. Self care. <laughs> talking about the dude. Don't people. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> if you have your whatever your favorite uh whatever your pet whatever your favorite bad period drama is and just tell us and we will watch it and we will talk about it i'm looking forward to watching more bad period dramas but i'm also very much looking forward to watching good ones yeah i'm really excited for wolf hall rachel Mm. yeah our formal debate (laughs) more thomas cromwell content Oh, I have to watch Man for All Seasons too. Mmm. Take notes Exciting. the whole time. Mm. Well, I need to watch it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, we'll have to watch it and take notes on their moral positions and then argue them. How exciting! Don't watch it. Don't watch the tutors. Extended cuts, exclusive content, and ad-free listening, subscribe to our Patreon. Thanks for listening.